With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, uh, yeah. We've got the vibe on deck. Bro, four dope brothers talking sports, so let's go. If you could just imagine some dudes into music, get together to talk trash about whose teams are losing. So here we go, Deep Turner, John Lane, Trey Illy, Jay Hill, the MVP, court in the history. So now what? They got their mics and gizmos, podcast rapper for DC, what it is, Mo. Yeah. Welcome to Sports and Things, a weekly podcast where we go in depth on sports and music topics of the week. Featuring John Lane, Trey Ely, Jay Hill, and host Dennis Turner. And welcome to Sports and Things, everybody. I'm your host, Dennis Turner. With me, as always, I have the fellas Trey Ely and John Lane. What up, fellas? Yo, what what's going on? Trey Ely, a.k.a. Darth Vader. Right, right. Uh, we, we're missing Jay Hill for uh, <laughs> another week. He just uh, came back in the town, so he's trying to recuperate um, from a long drive, a long haul. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna do this podcast without him, but he'll be with us next week. For those of you who are missing him, uh, he he got back safely, so that's the main thing. That's the main thing. Him and his family got back safely, so uh, we wish him uh, a good rest, and we'll see him next week. This is the podcast where we are musicians and artists who love to talk sports and other things. And with that, we're gonna get right into our first subject: the Cowboys re-signed Dak Prescott to a hundred and sixty million dollar deal, sixty. Six million dollars guaranteed, but that was a signing bonus, so that's the guaranteed money. Um, the question is, how does this affect the Cowboys for the next four years or you know, next year? <laughs> the Cowboys John. are now trash with Dak Prescott under contract. Wow. That's all. Okay, damn, that's it. If you were John, expecting me to say something game. good about the Cowboys, <laughs> nah, man, I mean. I was expecting to have a more objective view about the quarterback position that he plays. Like, you can't just well, shit on the team and not give a. My, well, but if they were from real- Philly, you would. Sure, sure. <laughs> the thing is, like Dak Prescott, he he puts up really good numbers, but um, remember, it's a team. It's a it's a team game. You can't win it. You can't win it your own. You need help. In the first five games, he was one of the leading uh, uh, 
he he was he and Deshaun Watson were leading in passing yards through the first quarter of the season, but Dallas's defense was they were horrific. I mean, there I, I what was the joke? The whose whose defense was better, the Dallas Cowboys or the Capitol Police? Oh wow! <laughs> wow! I mean, if. If, huh. you're, if you have to score more than twenty wow. points in a damn football game to win the game, then this it's not the quarterback. So if they don't address the defense situation, it's to me, I still think it's going to be the same thing. Um, yeah. Ezekiel Elliott is not putting up the same numbers that he did in previous years. He's fumbling the ball. They don't have very good. They don't have a very good offensive line. So, but. If you ask me, Dak Prescott is their best option right now, especially with the amount of money that they would have had to pay him if they franchised, if they put a franchise tag on him. And who are the Cowboys going to get? Alex Smith? No. Russell hey, Wilson, like, Deshaun Watson no. aren't leaving. So yeah, yeah. He's, the, he's the best option they have, and he's already in there. camp. He knows the system. You won't have to, like – I mean, they've been talking about paying this dude for like the last three years, and they finally decided right. to pay him. I, I, my argument would be like they paid him because if if you go up next year and he's a free agent next year, that number that number almost he's he's reaching like two hundred million, you know, on a deal with like almost a hundred million guaranteed. And it's like, is he right. worth that much? Like you 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 take him now and you give him the sixty six because the sixty six is guaranteed. The other hundred that you give him is incentive based, right? We all know that that's how football contracts work, NFL contracts work. So he would have to put up. Or shut up, you know, and you can you can offload him. If he doesn't do good in the next two years, you can just offload him in that contract. So, you know, or, you know, and take that L on a, on a luxury tax at the end of the day. We should have so had like, we should have had um we should have had Micah on the show because Micah does not like Dak Prescott. And I think he he and I debated uh on this topic because he actually had a he actually had a pretty good argument as to why he didn't think Dak Prescott was the best option for Dallas. Um but to me, he's definitely a better option than Andy Dalton. Um, and he was better. He's much better than Tony Romo, in my opinion. So I think if Jerry Jones can bring in a really good defense, go into the draft, draft some offensive linemen to protect Dak Prescott, you're looking at a playoff bound team because you need the protection and it doesn't make it's not going to make any sense if they don't add any sort of defensive pressure to keep the other team off the board so that Dak Prescott doesn't have to work so hard to score over 30 points a game. You know I, mean? yeah, I think you hit it on the head too when you said it in the first, the first part of your segment and you said uh, the defense has to present, prevent other teams from scoring so that he doesn't have to put up or attempt to put up 30, 40 points a game. Like it's, I, I think people they forget how hard it is to actually score in the NFL. Like, yeah. because you have a lot of yeah. teams putting up a, a bunch of numbers, but it's not its not easy to score touchdowns in the NFL. And if your defense right. is always lacking and always giving – always they always putting the offense back on the field or putting, um, putting the other team's offense on the field to score points, you're just making the game longer for the offense who has – You're making the game back, longer, yeah. Yeah, and drive down to the field and, and try to score on a touchdown, like – Minimize yeah. the offense that you play against, and like keep them off the field. Like, and that's where uh, Zeke comes in because Zeke ain't really been doing that. He's been fumbling, like you said before. 
he's not the same player he was when he first came into the first two to three years of his uh, of his football career. Definitely, not. and Definitely that's what not. happens with running backs too. Running backs, you know, their shelf life isn't as long as uh, any other player in football. Like they have a really short shelf life, especially if they get banged up like he's been banged up. So right, like, right. I don't. I think I think you hit it. Defense, and they have to get an offensive line that can block for a runner that can actually get them time off the clock because that's time management is going to be their best friend going into the next season. Like you I mean, last year, that- Dak was Dak was 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 uh, the Cowboys were always fighting to come back. Like they they were never they weren't leading games until the fourth quarter, right. and they finally got that win. I think it was in overtime or something. Uh, that one win, I think, in week three. But they're always trying to come back and win games, and I think that was part of the problem. So, yeah, man, if they can beef up the defense, I think they, I think they definitely have a good situation with Dak. But I, I hear a lot of Washington football team fans, Giants fans, Eagles fans saying that they love the fact that Dak is back because they don't think he's going to do what a lot of people, what a lot of other people like Jerry Jones expect him to do. But we'll see. Well, you know- He's coming off an injury as well, and that's like a pretty serious injury. Like you know, and we don't see how his mobility is affected by that uh, injury that he suffered last year. You know, it's a lot of it's a lot of money to pay somebody who just came who's fresh off an injury and realistically might not be starting in the beginning of the season. Yeah. Like, like it's a lot of money to pay somebody for that, and you're putting a lot of faith into a quarterback that has been there for at least five years and while has put up a decent number, has not really driven you into the playoffs deep into the playoffs at all and it's not like, at all and it's coming off an injury uh trey you quiet man but, but are we are we going to talk about the backhanded he's compliment not quiet. he's breathing hard as shit oh, wow 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 we got jokes early man oh, okay trey, what you think uh, trey? Uh, are we going to talk about I the, am the, your the father. <laughs> Dak, i am your father <laughs> Dak doesn't look like me. He looks like Sinbad. Anyway, wow. um, <laughs> well, um, I think we got the I think we got the show title for this. This is terrible. <laughs> Dak doesn't look like me. He looks like Sinbad. <laughs> you look like Sinbad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there'll be more. Um, but Jerry Jones hit him with a backhanded compliment. He said he, he's sitting next to him talking about how he overpaid for him. I don't know if you guys got that sound bite. Oh, oh no. No, uh, yeah, so, so yeah, no, Jerry Jones said, he said, yeah, he said, but usually when I overpay for things, they work out good or something like that. But he said, oh, he, wow. he, during the press conference, he said he overpaid. Well, I mean, that's another question. Do you think, do you think that they paid too much for that? Well, if the guy buying it says he overpaid, I'm going to go with yes. <laughs> I mean, with that, with that signing bonus, I, I think so. That I mean, signing he, bonus is horrendous. But that signing bonus is about average for a quarterback in the top tier. Like, Dak is in the top tier of quarterbacks in the NFL right now. He's in the top 10, right? Arguably, not even Tom Brady had a signing bonus like that. Tom, but that's based on age, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't think Tom Brady going to play another three years? Well, he might. <laughs> I'm talking about ever. Like, Tom Brady. Oh, yeah, no. When he, Tom Brady always to pay cut. Four Super yeah. Bowls, he – he he didn't yeah, he, take a uh, signing bonus like that. I think I think that's the dynamic of the actual team too. Like Jerry Jones is known for spending money. Like Daniel Snyder is known for spending money on Washington players. Um, like these yeah, these, yeah, these had to bring him up, huh? 
I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> these like these billionaires, they will spend their money on players. You know what I'm saying? Like I think uh, Kraft is a little more conservative with how he spends his money with his players, and I think the relationship that at the time Tom had with New England with the team, he wasn't he wasn't trying to hit them in the head like like he should have after yeah. winning four Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Like Tom should be like the highest paid NFL player of all time with the the numbers that the shit numbers he that he's put up and the, the amount of Super Bowls that he's won for that team. He he should he should have like retired a Patriot and like they should have gave him like a two hundred million dollar bonus. That's what I think. But, you know. True. So yeah, I th- I think True. Dak. Dak is going to fall in line with like where where the um the salary cap is going. Like it's it's just going up. It's it's going to keep going yeah. up, keep going up, keep going up. So I think Jerry was looking at it. Like, well, wait, didn't the he, salary cap just just get lowered a couple of days ago? Didn't they just lower yeah. the salary cap? Yeah, they lowered the salary cap. But I'm saying like it's it's going to keep going up for players like him because like he's oh, a, they, they consider him to be like a franchise player. So franchise players aren't affected by the salary cap. It's the it's the other fifty two team uh, people on the roster who don't play quarterback who are affected by the salary cap. If he's your right. franchise quarterback, you pay him. And they've been they've been trying to see if he was a franchise quarterback. I think they waited too late, and I think Dak played. They the definitely field waited right too late. He he just held out and got injured and still got paid. It was yeah. like you know, so it's interesting. It's no, interesting to see. I, I'm. I'm interested to see now that he got paid when they're projected for him to come back and when he's going to actually have to show intel. You know what I'm saying? Like when he's going to show and prove right. that he's worth the money, you know, and how he's going to look the first couple of games. We all know he's going to be rusty, but he's going to come back, be rusty, and then, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I'm interested. Uh, but, but also, congratulations to him for getting his money because he, he did hold yeah, off for like sure. two years. Like he had off about two years yep. and he finally got paid. So, Congratulations to Dak Prescott. Uh, moving on. Yeah, I guess. So he's the black Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Uh, he ain't like Kirk yeah. Cousins to me, man. I think he's better than Kirk. No, he's talking about in terms of holding out. Not, not uh, still. Because, yeah. okay. man, you're talking about. <sighs> he got paid the same boy. way. Lemons and lemonade. Uh, yeah, no, nah, Kirk Cousins got paid the same way. Um, so moving on, we're going to go to the Washington football team. So now with uh, free agency looming, who who are the top free agents for the Washington football team to consider adding to their depth chart? John. Or let's Ooh. go with Darth Vader. Let's go with Darth first. Let's go ahead, Darth. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? You. <laughs> you, Luke. <laughs> well, no. I mean, sh- sh- as far as I this, think... this link I can't that, even... I, that I sent, uh, there's a lot of there are a lot of players who've been tagged already, so it's hard to tell whether they're going to be picked up, picked up or not. Like Chris Godwin, um, you know, my my bad, I didn't mean to cut cut in. I just wanted to make that preface. Yeah, I, I mean, I found a source that kind of removed uh, the folks that got the franchise tag. I mean, so I'm thinking, um, I'm looking at the wide receivers, so like Kenny Galloway, um. And uh, Will Fuller, um, Curtis Samuel, uh, mm-hmm. guys like that. Um, there's actually a lot of um, defensive linemen in this uh, free agent group, and I don't think that you know the Washington football team will be jumping at any of those. So, um, 
I've heard Maybe for depth, but not in free agency. Yeah, but not not these high up. They could draft for depth nah. or they can pick up somebody kind of, of older veteran. You know, they could go cheaper. Um, the the guys here are the kind of the top free agents. Um, so um, I've heard Marcus Mariota's name in the mix. I don't know. I, I look. The team is going to pick up a quarterback. Um, there's we got two. Not that um, there's Heineke. There's Kyle Allen. So the team is going to pick up at least one quarterback, maybe two, to bring to camp and let that competition go. So expect some kind of quarterback signing from one one or more of the guys that are out there. Um, and um, I expect to pick up some wide receivers because, yeah. I don't want to dog the wide receiver core. I think they did well, but I think that they could use some depth and some help there. Um, Definitely, because when Terry McLaurin I mean, was out, it I, was kind of kind of hard, you know, on the team. I think so. the best wide receiver that Washington needs to pick up is Allen Robinson uh, from the Jags. I think he's being tagged by Chicago right now. But if Allen Robinson comes to DC and plays alongside Terry McLaurin, and Logan Thomas, that's a, already an explosive uh, receiving core, an explosive offense. Um, Alan Robinson, I think he's 6'2". Um, he's in his – what year is he? I can't, I can't see here. Uh, maybe in his third year. But um, he puts up some phenomenal numbers, and one-on-one is unstoppable. So – we already know Terry McLaurin is very good one-on-one, but if Terry McLaurin can provide some sort of suppression for Allen Robinson at times, who could be a deep threat, forget about it. Not that Terry McLaurin would be transferred over to a slot receiver, not at all, but you draft another wide receiver to be a slot guy or break back Jamison Crowder to be a slot guy, um, and then you have a dual threat, a deep dual threat with Terry McLaurin and Allen Robinson. Um I like Kenny Galladay. I think he's had some injury issues. Um, and Curtis Samuel might be another good option as well. Yeah, he's uh, he's, a, a he's out there too. Him, yeah. So, but no, my 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 take right now would be uh, Allen Robinson. I also see that Trent Williams is back in free agency market. <laughs> but do we bring him back? No. No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> that's not going to happen. Yeah, he gets injured way too much now. Yeah, I, I don't see that. Um, remember, um, I would Ron like Vera to see more depth and he depth. already had their opportunity, so I don't think that happens. True. I would like Here's, to see a little bit more depth in, in the safety situation, too, um, or the Here's defensive question, back situation. Though. Here's my question. Did you, what do you think they need help most? Is it wide receiver core? Is it offensive line? Is it defensive line? Offensive um, line. Wide receiver, Off- secondary. I um, think they need offensive line primarily, but I think Ron Rivera is going to go into the draft to get some depth and will probably pick someone up off waivers um, because I think the offensive line is okay right now. But uh, as far as free agency, I'm not sure he's going to pick anyone up off free agency to beef up the offensive line right now. I think wide receiver would be the best option off of free agency. Yeah, yeah I think it'll be wide receiver safety, maybe linebacker, maybe linebacker. Um, mm-hmm. So, 
But uh, yeah, I agree. We'll see. It'll be interesting. I, I I'm really interested to see what kind of strategy um, Rivera takes with this because it looks like he has an opportunity to put you know some guys that he wants to in in here um, with the cap space that was created by getting rid of Alex Smith. You know, so um, he should be able to make some moves. Do you think that? Uh... You know, your favorite guy gets in the way of his moves. Not yet. It's still too early. Still too early? Yeah, Snyder's still asleep. He's still... <laughs> yeah, he'll, he's he'll wake up soon. distracted right now with all yeah, that yeah. stuff going on. Yeah, also, he's trying to save his butt, so he's he's a little busy. Yeah, gotcha. All right, well, we'll see what happens with the free agency and the draft, too, because, uh, you know, it's all us coming up pretty soon. Uh, realistically, what do you think... If they if they make the right moves in the free agency and they make the right moves in the draft, we know they're going to pick up a quarterback for sure. Um, we don't need to beef up their um, offensive line. If they make these moves, where do you see Washington football team falling in the East or in the just in the in the conference itself? I think it's too early um, because I do the moves haven't been made yet, and then our. Um, opponents haven't made their moves yet. So I think it's too early to make that call. Um, you know. Well, let's, uh, let's say, let's say, let's say, let's say they pick up everything they they set out to get. We know they need to beef up their offensive line. We know they need to get depth at quarterback, right? We know that they need another, they need a two option, you know, at wide receiver to take, you know, some of the pressure off of um, Terry. So, if they do these things, they make the right moves, and we know Rivera is good at moving around and moving pieces to get the pieces he needs to have a team that can contend. And he's going into year two of his contract, correct? Yep. Yeah. So two of five. So, and he's he's willing to make changes. He's willing to he's willing to bench people. He's willing to cut people. Just hypothetically, where do you think they fall with the coach's mentality and how he moves? Well, I mean, they won the division, so you, based on your scenario, <laughs> based on your scenario, they win the division again, right? Because you're saying they improve in every place that they try to. I mean, your scenario that you put out is that they improve in every area they attempt to. They are the division champs. They improve in every area they attempt to. Then they win the division again. It's their division to lose. I mean, yeah. I mean I'm just answering the question the way you asked it, though. Nah, I got yeah, you. I, got I think you. they improve. Yeah, I think they improve too. Like, I mean, I'm I'm hoping that um, Rivera is the answer. He he's not the he's not the quick fix that they're looking to get rid of in like the next three or four years because he didn't work out. I hope that they give him the time and the temperament to actually coach this team and to actually coach up these players and have the winning mentality that we've known him to have, especially coming from Carolina and them almost winning the Super Bowl. It's like he was he's not too far removed from that Super Bowl. Like we were only like ten years that was only ten years ago, right? Like give or take. So it's like right. we we had we had the coach that has the mentality. It was much less than ten. It was more like five. Yeah, I'm like, you know, it's it, it, it was it's short memories what I'm saying. Like it wasn't it wasn't twenty years ago. It was like That's when they played against Peyton Manning, it was probably about five years ago. Okay. Yeah. So you know, yeah. you have all this stuff in place and it's like, okay, well he, he can actually do that. And he has the winning mentality. So hopefully they let him coach this team up. 
let's move on to the next subject. Uh, we all saw the, um, the letter that Edelman pin, uh, pinned to Lennon after the uh, anti-Semitic rant that he went on. Do you think Jeez. that the league officials are doing enough to hold the players accountable on their social feeds and just in general? Like, do you think they're doing enough? Mm. Anyone? You know, Bueller. I don't. <laughs> Bueller. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, I don't think so. This whole th- this whole situation that has involved uh, social injustice among black people in this country was not handled well with Roger Goodell and uh, the rest of his men, um, especially as a result of the Colin Kaepernick situation where he's peacefully protesting and the fans who all found it offensive and wanted to crucify him. They, Roger Goodell did nothing but quietly support the fans. Um, It's not like Adam Silver who has a lot more empathy in a billion dollar uh, enterprise like the NBA but because football reigns supreme here in the United States, Roger Goodell, in my opinion, feels like he doesn't have to do anything. Um, and the only reason he was able to do as much as he did was because he kind of had his back against the wall. I think he had the owners who just kind of whispered in, ear, in his ear and just said, man, you know, just just do this and they'll, they'll get off your back. Just you don't have to you don't have to do much. Uh, but I think uh, a lot does have to be done all around. Um, I think Adam Silver has, has done a fantastic job so far. Um, but and I, didn't they didn't they suspend and find him? And didn't the Heat the, the Heat didn't release him? But I think they uh, I think they suspended him for a few games. Um, yeah, they, they tend the, to they tend to suspend players when they are in the investigation. Are they just suspend right. just to see what the what the what their what the outcome is going to be. So to answer the question, I think the the league officials in the NBA are thanks to Adam Silver. Uh, I don't know that league officials in other professional sports do enough, and I I, I don't I, I can't I don't really know why, um, but I think Adam Silver is doing the right thing. I think the NBA officials are doing the right thing. But as a whole, I, I think league officials across the board are not doing enough. And it seems like Adam Silver is really the only one who is taking the initiative to speak out against uh, anti-Semitism and uh, racial uh, unjust amongst people of color, particularly black people. And even the WNBA is doing a lot. Even the WNBA is doing a lot. So it would behoove the uh, commissioner of uh, NFL, uh, MLB, and the NHL to take heed. That's my two cents on it. You know, the WNBA is at the forefront of being outright and speaking out against social injustice. And, you know, they, them, the ladies were first all the time. They were always right. in the, the forefront of it. And they never had any disciplinary action they had to take against their players because their players were unified and like so against social injustice. And, you know, 
the NBA, I think the NBA and NFL, they all do the same thing where they they kind of like wait to see how people respond first and then they take action. And it's like, no, right. you, you know that action is wrong. That's a bad action. Like that's a bad, that's a bad thing for your your overall objective. Yep. Like your team, like you the, the league is 90% black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm it's like what if that player is on that team and he feels like he feels again and he has teammates that are different races that guy yeah but this was this was this was a a comment against jewish people right yeah i'm I'm just saying like in general like jewish black asian anything that's not white non-white like like aryan white (laughs) it's like come on bro like yeah you gotta You gotta, you gotta get that together, man. Like I thought, I thought Julian we, Edelman did a, did a time, Ju- Julian Edelman did the right thing. He, um, uh, th- th- I'm gonna actually take this back to a debate that Trey and I had. Um, Julian Edelman did it the right way in that he didn't necessarily scold, uh, scold him in what he did. He basically called out to him and said, "Hey, man." We got to be careful and we have to be sensitive. Let's, why don't you join me and let's go to a synagogue or, or wherever he said, so that you can understand exactly why this was not the right thing to do. And no, he I'm, said he invited to dinner. Yeah, but they were going to, they were going to visit, they were going to visit said, like. Yeah, yeah. He said a Shabbat dinner. Were, so like a, I guess a dinner for the Sabbath. No, no, I thought, but I thought they said that they were going to go visit. Oh, uh, maybe I read that wrong, but I thought they said. No, no, no. I think it's the same. The spirit of it is the same because I think it was the, uh, it was, uh, to observe Jewish customs during that time. But that was all, that was all, that was all to say, that was all to talk about, um, the debate that you and I had about Booger McFarlane, uh, calling out Dwayne Haskins and calling out, uh, young black gentlemen on national television where yep. you had a problem with how he how he was talking to young black gentlemen on public television whereas Julian Edelman decided to use his voice to not necessarily scold him but to say hey man let's let's sit down and have a talk and then I can tell you what Booger McFarlane told Dwayne Haskins in private which right and he didn't you know, generalize also yeah. right right true which yeah. I, I I don't I don't this I, I definitely I definitely agree with his his action uh, to do that. I'm not trying to bring up old shit, but I <laughs> I, I, I do think that while uh, bringing up old shit, this is, <laughs> the situation is, is is a little bit different. But to piggyback of uh, off of Trey's argument, um, Julian Edelman did the right thing in 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 saying, "Hey, brother, look, you, you made a mistake." Yeah, I know that you apologize. And I don't know if you guys read about this, but um, Michael Rappaport uh, did not accept uh, the apology and called him a dumb fuck and said um, he needs to have more punishment. I got to be honest with you. I've, I've never liked Michael Rappaport at all. Um, I think he's, he's, a, he's a white Jewish guy who thinks he's more privileged. He has more privilege because he's from New York and he works with a lot of hip hop artists and he thinks that he has, he can, he's got the black card um, as a result. Um, but I think the guy's just a loud mouth. I think he's, 
uh, the white version of Stephen A. Smith. Uh, I like Stephen A. Smith though, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but all that to say, Julian Edelman, I think did the right thing. And, um, hopefully this will sort of open the eyes to a lot of people who have some things to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it was really high class how Julian, Julian Edelman worded his, uh, his response, open letter or whatever. Um, cause he could have gone a lot of different ways with that. Um, and to be honest, I mean, they say the guy was in the background, I guess, playing call of duty. He was in the call of duty lobby or something, talking trash. Yeah. Um, yeah. and reality is, is the things that I've heard, the things that I've been called in those game lobbies. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the courage that people have behind the microphone when they're not looking yeah. at you and they're not identified by their real name. Um, to say whatever they want to say. Um, he's just, to me, he's just another dude, you know, out there, you know, spewing out foolishness because he thinks he so can get away with it. You're, you're absolutely right. There was a race car driver who I think got dropped by his team. Yeah, he did. Because he was, he was playing, he was playing a game and he, 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 he dropped the word nigga because he didn't think that anybody could hear him. Or even better, yeah, that there, country singer, the country singer that just got dropped by his label. Yeah, country, yeah. He, you, you he was gaming. He walked. No, no, he was walking back no. to the house and he was like, "Whatever, nigga." And it was like, yeah. <laughs> like what? Said to this black dude. Yeah, he had like the number talking. one. He had the number one song on the radio, and they dropped him. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, like, they dropped his. But that his supporters are like trying to help him out and shit. Oh sure, I mean. Yeah, like again, he had the number one song on radio, so yeah, <laughs> like he he has he'll get picked of, up by another label. They're like, yeah. well, honey, I mean, I say nigger, so I mean, he should be able to. He, he, okay, um, nah, but like, like seriously, like it's it's. <laughs> I think I think John had it too. It's like, I think both of you said it. Like at the end of the day, these conversations should be private, right? And these conversations, when you when you pull somebody to the side, you don't have to pull them to the side and like talk to them in front of everybody like that's weird like you don't have to do that like yeah we we live in a society where everything has to be shown to everybody like everything all your behind the scenes stuff i it, it, to parallel like harlem nights and coming to america the original are great films but they're even more great because you don't see the behind the scenes so you don't know like you you, you kind of want that right like so it's like um, I know that's comedy and we're talking about something serious, but like, I'm just saying, in terms of like the parallels, <laughs> like at the end of the day, hold on, my mic keeps switching to, uh, it keeps switching to my AirPods. Hold up. Switch that back. We oh. can still hear you. Okay. Yeah. So it's like oh, at the go. end of the day, it's like you should just have those conversations, pull them to the side. I don't think that Edelman, what he did was wrong. I think it was, it was classy. It's dope because it's very like, classy. If, if it's in public, it's like, I'm still gonna say, hey, let's just get let's just get up and have a conversation. Not like let's right. get up online and have this this discussion where everybody sees what I'm going to say to you. It's like because that's not for everybody, you know what I'm saying? And it, um, right. he's young. I mean, he's still I mean he's still young. He's a young dude, you know. And like like Trey said too, like in those settings where you're playing video games, people get hyped up and they just. They just talk like, you know what I'm saying? We had a, I had a, yeah, I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying that he ain't the only one and, you know, yeah, don't act surprised and gasp. Oh, somebody said that? Yeah, just, <laughs> no, come on. Yeah. Come on, man. Somebody said that, nigga. <laughs> it's, right. like, it's fine. Like, it, it gets said all the time. Like, it's, I mean, not, it's not, it's not fine. It's not fine. We can say it amongst ourselves, but like, it's, it's not fine. So, 
All right. Well, hopefully he learned the lesson um, and he is able to. And I just hate I hope that the uh, the cancel culture doesn't cancel him. And like he's now he's yeah. out and he's going to be working at like Whole Foods because he, you know, he made a comment on a gaming like, you know, that's one of the better grocery stores to work at, though. <laughs> All right. On that note, we're going to trying to keep it on the bright really? side, man. I mean, they got they got he's, an immaculate uh, <laughs> selection he, of. Uh, he's going to be like, man, Julian. I'm so glad we had this conversation before I used the word. N- <laughs> <laughs> wow! Why he's bagging groceries? There you go. Yep. <laughs> from the shooting threes to bagging groceries. Okay. All right. On that note, you're going to take a break. This is Sports and Things. We'll be right back. In honor of Women's History Month, Sports and Things presents Greatest Moments in Women's Sports History. Althea Gibson was born in Clarendon County, South Carolina on August 25, 1927. Gibson was one of the first African American athletes to cross the color lines in tennis thus paving the way for others to follow in her footsteps. As a pro, Gibson won 56 national and international titles. In 1956, Gibson became the first African-American woman to win a Grand Slam tournament when she won the French Open. She would follow this up by winning both the Wimbledon and the U.S. Open in 1957, making her one of the greatest women athletes of all time. And this has been Greatest Moments in Women's Sports History. And welcome back to Sports and Things, everybody. Uh, we're going to get into our and things portion of the show. Um, New York Times calls Domi and J.D. Beck the new jazz. The question of the day for you jazz musicians and you jazz lovers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, first of all, what do you think about that? Um, them, new jazz, two-part question, and is traditional jazz no longer relevant see can i start <laughs> go yeah. right ahead go go right, right ahead yeah. traditional yeah. jazz has not been relevant <laughs> for about 50 years like not in pop culture not in pop not, not not in popular culture like people don't care about jazz like musicians care they just like, don't play jazz <laughs> musicians care uh some artists care. Nobody but, knows what jazz is now. Yeah, my point. More jazz my point. just means instrumental music to the average person. Well, yeah, but to my they point, don't understand. They, they don't have to. It's a marketing term. They don't it's not even a music anymore. anymore. Yeah. Look, look well, nothing you're going to say, I'm going to disagree with. <laughs> like, nothing you're going to say, I'm going to disagree with. Jazz... Yeah. Here's what I'll say about it. Um, Traditional jazz, I think, has definitely fizzled out as a form of popular music. Uh, For uh, 50, 60 years ago, it was pop music. It was one of the most copied styles of music. Even in the 80s, uh, jazz was copied because um, there were a lot of songs that used the blues form. And... um, a Man, lot of hip hop artists in the '90s. That's the yeah. Happens. A lot of hip hop artists in the '90s sampled jazz. Yep. Um, but now nowadays, it has. I don't want to say music has been dumbed down. I just think that a lot of people are well because I don't think that's a fair statement. I think what's happened is people 
are finding that the today's style of hip hop music and pop music is easy to understand during a time where they don't want to do a whole lot of comprehension because there's just so much going on in the world. They just want to enjoy something that doesn't require a lot of understanding. Like jazz does definitely take a lot of understanding. You have to actually sit down and understand why Ma Rainey sings that way. Why is um, why does John Coltrane one of the, the icons of jazz? Why is Miles Davis a pioneer? Like you have to understand why we listen right. to those guys. Yeah. But we don't have to sit here and say why is Drake the most popular hip hop artist? He just is because his 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 lyrics ring true to every person in the entire world that's had any sort of relationship. So, however, I will say this, traditional jazz has had a major influence on the indie culture. You look at artists like Robert Glasper, Kamasi Washington, uh, Terrace Martin, artists even, like even that Kendrick, who to, to have some taken... Extent. Like Kendrick. Well, Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar used, yeah. he used, though, he, he worked with all of those artists. All the guys you just um, named but, were on his records, yeah. Um, and even Common had Nicholas Payton on his record. Um, there's a, a couple of other artists who are using uh, sampling uh, Sonny Rollins and things like that. So uh, I still think there's, a, there's an influence of jazz music that's still relevant right now. I can't say that jazz music is as relevant as it was, um, you know, as Dennis said, 40, 50 years ago, the only person who is making a living off of traditional jazz music right now is Wynton Marsalis and maybe Sonny Rollins. But a lot of these other artists have passed away. Um, so doing that mostly from talking, he ain't even playing. <laughs> he just, he just <laughs> a historian at this he's point. Not he's not doing teaching. well. He's, he's writing, he's writing a lot, releasing a lot of music. I remember in the 90s when I first started buying Wynton Marsalis CDs, I was trying to figure out why he, why a, a Wynton Marsalis CD kept coming out every year. It was like I never really had time to let this album saturate before he came out with another one. Then I come to find out he had written so much music and recorded so much music that he, Columbia Records would call him and say, it's time for a new record. He would say, here, I recorded this two years ago. He, yeah, he was just so ahead. So he was he was Dave anyway, Chappelle. All, <laughs> he was Chappelle of the, yeah, yeah, of the jazz game. <laughs> definitely. So anyway, all that to say, I just think you know, traditional jazz definitely has not been relevant, but I think the influence has has, has is sort of is sort of keeping well, traditional jazz alive. Absolutely. And um I think it was Dennis when you touched on the musician standpoint of it. Um, it's a rite of passage of like really knowing how to play contemporary music anyway. I mean, when I study to get better, I study jazz, you know, you're either going to study jazz or classical. Um, that's, those are the art forms that you study to become proficient on your instrument, because those are the art forms that stretch you and, and force you to. Uh, uh, learn the the rudiments and the and the different musical concepts you're going to need to apply across whatever you play. But see here, um, wait, here's a, here's so a tidbit though. Here's a tidbit. The influence is going to be there because all the musicians are studying it, right? Right, but no, wait. Here's a tidbit though. Most most kids aren't playing instruments right now. Like I teach a whole class 
None of those kids, well, two of them play instruments. One of them just picked up French Well, you're horn. fired, sir. You're, you need to get your students playing instruments. <laughs> it, no, listen, I came into the class. They were already making beats and stuff. So, like, it's a production class. So, it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it what wasn't does this a, say? This staff right class. here, what does this mean? Before you touch that computer, what does this mean? Well, you do that and see what happens. You have a bunch of kids playing PlayStation. and You got you to gotta meet them where they are, right? And then you expose them. So, what I've been doing in my class is, like, I just play different music at the beginning of the class when they're coming in like when they're coming onto the zoom i just i just play yellow jackets i play miles i play all this stuff and then i just watch their faces when they're coming into the room they're just like oh and they're just sitting there and i was like hey how's y'all week and they just be like who was that i'm like oh yeah i'm glad you asked but i just said send in the chat and then i and then you can hear i started i'm starting to hear the influences on the stuff that i'm playing for them influence their music you know the stuff that yeah. they're creating on a weekly basis. You know, one of the kids, um, he's fourteen. He's going to Duke Ellington. He auditioned. Well, he 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 said he wanted to play French horn. Never played French horn. Fourteen. And I was like, that's gonna be tough, bro, because that's a tough instrument. That is a tough. It instrument. is. And he got accepted. And I think they accepted him based on his musical acumen. Anyway, he and because nobody else is playing French horn. Well, that's true. <laughs> I like French horn, man. I marched, I marched French horn in high school. I'm just saying, there's not a lot of them in the band room. Well, listen, at the end of the day, it's like kids aren't really playing instruments, and that's that's a that's a terrible thing for the future of music because it is all these uh, all all this software is is quantization is your is your new feel. Yeah, but it's dope oh, at the oh same boy. time. It's like it's a it's a it's a gift and a curse because like. Now they don't have to do the work. Uh, Soundtrap, the program that they use the most, Soundtrap has a feature on it now where you can just pull up the chords. So you just hit one key and it just plays jazz chords. Did I get Dark Art? Just for a second, yeah. All right. But yeah, they have a they have a, a feature on it now that just plays the jazz chords. Like you can just hit it. Wow. And it just plays it. So Play like, the jazz chords. <laughs> right. So funny. You know. Wow, I'd like to hear what that sounds like. Yo, I, what did the kids but, play? Play me. But a that's beat? a I'm problem, like, bro. I mean, everything's going to sound the same, and bro, feel I, is lost, man. If you can't create, that's the thing. Organically, feel. right? Mm-hmm. If I make music, or John makes music, or you make music, you want that music to feel like us, right? So you have to have some kind of ability to create something from just you and an instrument in order to do that. And then you use the tools to tighten it up or whatever. Like, for example, I'm not a drummer. So um, even if I play something in on some pads, I might put a touch of quantization on it, but I'm going to play it in first to get my feel in there. I might need to tighten it up some because I don't play drums. That's not what I do. But reality is I'm still trying to get whatever I was feeling in t- to come across in it rather than just, you know, and I'm on a soapbox. I'm stepping off now. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I totally get it. Did Dennis freeze? Dennis looks he like. sure did. Dennis looks Dennis, like he's in the Smithsonian. He does. Oh, he's gone. Yeah. Well, damn. It says recording, right. and I think it made me the host. Oh, so you're the host now. All right. Well, look at this. Dark Cars has come through for Trey Ely. 
Ladies and gentlemen, so, <laughs> <laughs> what do we do now, Mr. Welcome to the new like. sports and things. Recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gave me all the information. It said recording yo, and 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 yo, I could, and I, I was in control. Like, he's finally gone. He's finally gone. Let's go. I'm in all charge right. now. <laughs> that joke was like, I just saw my joint. I saw Trey glitching. I was like, oh, it's about to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, said, like, oh. Yo, you were frozen in time. Dennis was like this. He looked like he was in the Smithsonian. He was just like. <laughs> Man, I, I'm so glad that we're almost at the end of this fucking pandemic. Then we can actually go back to doing oh, the show. It's like, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, oh, so go back to the original point. Uh, Domi and JD Beck. New Jazz. You're going to hate this, but I don't have an opinion because I haven't listened to them enough to be able to say anything. I mean, uh, Domi's okay, well, pretty I cool. Have. I mean, Domi's played with what? Thundercat? Who she plays? She played with? Anderson. That's enough. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, I mean, yeah, okay, she's a pretty dope player, but I haven't listened enough but to her, 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 but, her own but, stuff. But her performing with them is a result of Domi and JD Beck. Yeah. So, Domi and JD okay. met at, at, um, at NAM in 2017 and they decided to just kind of jam. Um, and ever since then, it's been like a, it's been like a, a marriage for them. Uh, they, they put out a JD, record too, right? I believe they got a record. Out. They, it hasn't, it hasn't, it hasn't come out yet. There, uh, it's, it's already recorded, but it's about to come out. Got it. Um, they, uh, so as a result, they, they, they started, they started their do their, their duet. Um, and I think JD was 14 when he started. He's like 17 or 18 now. That's crazy. Um, but they have been a, an incredibly unstoppable force. Domi is from Paris or somewhere in France. Uh, she's currently a student at Berkeley. Uh, JD j- is getting ready to graduate high school, but he's homeschooled. And these two kids, man, they have just taken everybody by storm. It's this very unconventional style. Um, Domi is incredibly, uh, she's in tech, technically, uh, she's incredible technique. Yeah. And um, they're super savvy, man. She's they, you listen to them, they're savvy, man. They yeah. are. They're they're very tight. Our our boy Ari, who's a, a Odyssey sound engineer, uh, did a tour with them, a short stint with them for about a month a couple of years ago, um, and he was he was raving about them. They're very shy, but they're very, they're very nutty. And they caught the attention of Thundercat and caught the attention of Anderson Pac. And those are their biggest fans. And they've, they've also, Oh, and you know what? They've also done stuff with mono neon and mono yeah. neon yeah. is now, uh, you know, the president of, of his fan club is like Eddie Murphy and uh, Trevor Noah and Dave Chappelle and John Mayer. So, Domian yeah, they showed him on uh, one of the late night shows out. when they were talking yeah. about coming to America or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I mean, shout out to Mono those, like, those three, working, so. those three are, are, they are literally coming out the woodworks right now. There are three young musicians, but they are coming out as like the newest pioneers of this new jazz style. So, um, but you know, it, shout out to Domi and JD though? Beck. And, well, I think it's, I, I don't consider it jazz. Yeah, I neither. consider it um I consider it a form of like a progressive hip hop type of thing because that's where their basis is yeah, from. Maybe. Like JD's from Dallas, 
So he's picking up a lot of gospel chops uh, from all of the Dallas drummers mm-hmm. uh, down there. But he's he's he has a very small setup now. He uses uh, a minimal set and small cymbals. He's a Ludwig artist like me, so uh, I get to enjoy uh, a lot of uh, his benefits. But uh, all that to say, they have created like this. Quick plug. I'll give you an example on on, yeah. on yeah, I'll give you an example <laughs> on YouTube. They did a tribute to uh, Madlib, where they uh, redid a bunch of Madlib tracks. But what they do is they take the Madlib tracks and they create it as their own. So it's almost like a Robert Glasper type thing. So I guess that's kind of why they call it jazz because of the way that they're playing it. But I'm not mad at it, man. I think I think that they are kids and they are super creative and they are moving the way that kids should move when they're being super creative. There's no restrictions on anything that they do. They can just do whatever they want and because they're not doing it for the praise. They're just doing it because they're having fun with each other. Like I think when you yeah. find a, a kindred soul that you connect with, especially at some place like Nam, it's like, oh, you know, we all had those situations where you, you met a musician, it's like, yo, we gonna click. And when you click, it's like that becomes your friend for life. And then, you know, y'all just make music and it's just, it becomes like every time y'all get together and y'all play, it's like, it's, it's great. It's like y'all are like best friends, you know? And that's what it, that's what mm-hmm. I hear when I hear them play. It's like, it's, it's, it's confusing because it's like the way that they, they, they think alike. It's like their brains are in sync and it's like crazy, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, you know, but I, I think the jazz uh, tag is like almost to the detriment. Like, I don't think you should be tagging them as anything. Like they can, they can pretty I- much create anything. I've, you know, I've long struggled with the whole genre thing because what is the purpose of a genre anyway? And I, the only thing I keep money. coming back to is, is, is the marketing, Mar- how you package money. and sell yeah, stuff, yeah, right? It's just marketing. Money. It's money, marketing, money, money. how you yeah. package and sell because people need to put a name on something so they can find it. You got to label something sure. so you can find it. Exactly. I like, like music that sounds like this. Okay. Now. Me and John like music that sounds like this. Okay, everybody in sports and things, all four of us like music that sounds like this. Okay, now 50,000 people like me. Okay, so music that sounds like this, whatever it is, has to have a name so that all of us can go to the store and buy it. Or and now it's downloaded it. or whatever. Good, bad. <laughs> but it doesn't, but it doesn't <laughs> work like that because... Yeah, I mean, I understand. I understand that we might feel that way, but it really doesn't work like that because you got people with their individual tastes and they like certain types of things. And so, that's all. Smooth jazz was never really jazz, but it was a thing, whatever it was. And there's a group of people who wanted to hear that type of stuff. So you put that label on it. You could have called it whatever. You want to call it something attractive to sound sophisticated, so that crowd does gravitate to it. But people. We're looking for that R&B-ish type of instrumental music, and they had to put a name on it so people could find it. You know what I blame? I don't disagree. I blame, I blame the Grammy Awards because they <laughs> all of a sudden opened up a new genre so that more people could start getting nominated. But I don't even think... And then they took them away. <laughs> So, so th- there. That's a. There's a whole conversation there, but I don't even think with or without awards, right? With or without Grammys, with or without any awards, you still labels, or now labels are becoming a little bit less uh, prominent. Even streaming services or whatever need to package music, whether it's in, now it's in playlists, however you package it, they need to package. Oh, you like Thundercat? That means you would also like. 
this person. Yeah, yeah. Or you like so John, that means you would like this person. Yeah. They need to put a bow around that and call it something. And that's all it is. Money, but yeah. the Money. problem is when we when that title comes back to musicians and we start fighting over it. Oh, well, that's not really jazz or that's not really hip hop or that's not I mean, we just need to focus on making music and be true to whatever we are feeling and let them call it something. And that's why I like I like uh JD and um Domi because it's like you can let people talk about it, but they're just creating right. They're, like they're it, just making music. Yeah, they, they don't give they a don't shit. Care. Like it's as long it's, as they're being talked about. Whenever it comes out, it's probably gonna say alternative. <laughs> like who gives my that? my <laughs> music genre is whatever people who like what I make are looking for. Um if they like pink flamingo music <laughs> If that's they're wow. looking for pink flamingo music like, and they happen to like what Cross? I make, then my music Bro, yeah, is now pink flamingo music. If they like jazz and that's what they, you know, I mean, that's what I'm saying. What does my audience type into their search when they say what type of music I want to listen to? What do they click on as you know when you open up a new you know Spotify or Apple Music or whatever? What styles of music do you like? Whichever one they click first, the people that like my music, whichever one they click first, I need to call my music that. That's really just how that works. Trey Regardless Ely. of what it is, yeah. that's Ely. just what I need to call it. You're like Trey Ely, trap flute. <laughs> if that's what they check, the box that they check, then I make trap flute. Hey, man, I ain't mad at you. Hey, look, does the check clear? Does the check clear? Exactly. Yeah. Call it at the end of the day, does the check it doesn't change the rhythms, harmonies, melodies that are in the music. It's just what you call it. And at the end of the day, what's happening with Domi and JD Beck is that people are now more people are getting hip to them because they have a little cult following. But you get the New York Times talking about you, then you get another magazine publication talking about you, another one and another one, and then you become the face of whatever they consider this to be new, and then you blow up. And then you know when you look looking at your your bank account, <laughs> you know it's like oh mm-hmm. well you know I'm I'll take it. You know, I'll take it. You can call label it whatever you want to label it at the end of the day. I'm just going to go out and play. And, and once right. you start buying it, I'll label it that too. Yeah, fine. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't. They pay. buy it if Let's I just, call it smooth, classical country funk hip hop. Okay, that's what it is. Let the label and all of them people fight over that. I'm just going to go in the studio and hit record. And then you guys are going to like sal- uh, salivate over what we make when we come out of the room. So it's fine. Um, shout out to them for getting nominated or just be, for being recognized anyway. Cause like 17 and like what they teenagers, man, that's crazy. You know, that's know. dope. That's super dope. So. I, I think, I think Domi is like 23, 24 now. Okay. But, uh, JD's definitely like 17, 18. Very young. And they, they're, they're doing very, stuff very with young. music that you should be. The music should be the youth and changing and you know, all that stuff. So, all right. Let's move on to the next. But Trey, go go to their YouTube page, man, and check and check them out, yeah, man. They got some, just, they got some dope shit on there. Time there all right, all right. Some of those breaks, they're, they're, like crazy, they're quirky, bro. but they're but they're yeah, they're quirky, but they're dope. Her left hand is crazy, bro. Her left hand is nuts. Yep. Um, yep. All right. This segment is now we're into John Lane's sports and things news. All right. Thank you, Mister Turner. I'm John Lane, and this is the sports and things news on March 11th. Yay. 2021, one year ago, Uh-oh. the United States entered the pandemic. Dun, dun, dun. 
<laughs> Where were you when you found out your ass wasn't going nowhere? I was at a gig. <laughs> I was right here in the house. I, was at a gig. <laughs> I don't even remember where I was when I found. I, I, I think I was at home too because I, I was, was at church. Actually, I was at church. Oh, like you were tonight. So yeah, there you go. A different church, but I was happy at one year anniversary. <laughs> happy anniversary. Um, anyway, I, just I was at to, a Wizards I game. To start with that. Go ahead. Uh, no, sure I went all. to the last Wizards game before the shutdown. Okay. Tommy Shepard gave out free tickets nice. on Reddit, and I went to the game. He, st- he still is. March 10th. <laughs> he still is in a pandemic. He <laughs> gave out free tickets uh, to anyway, Davis Bertans. A... Wow. <laughs> wow. 80 million of them. Um, we're going to start off uh, by talking about the weekend. Um, the weekend has the decided he is boycotting. Yes. He's boycotting the Grammys. Again? Uh, he's boycotting I'm the not surprised. No, nah, he's been complaining about this uh, year. Yeah. But That's because he didn't get nominated for, for Artists of the Year. Well, he's drawing a line in the sand saying that he's going to boycott the award show uh, because of the secret committees that he believes are responsible for selecting nominees. Um, he told the New York Times that he will no longer allow my label to submit my music to the Grammys. Boom. It's like the latest chapter now in, you know, the beef with the Grammys after accusing them of snubbing his critically acclaimed album after hours following a bitter back and forth over what his camp claims was an ultimatum for the Grammys brass, which was us or the Super Bowl. So um, other sources said that there was a growing suspicion that the weekend's decision to play the Super Bowl halftime show cost some Grammy nominations. Uh, the Grammy uh, head honcho, Marv, uh, Harvey Mason Jr., shout out to his dad, Harvey Mason. Uh, he begged to differ, saying that there was nothing corrupt about um, the weekend uh, not being nominated. And still, the weekend, who's previously won three Grammys, he claims the award show severely lacks transparency, and he said that they mean nothing to him now. <laughs> you mean nothing? What a shame! <laughs> yeah, you know, know nothing, Jon Snow. Shout out to <laughs> the weekend, Jon Snow, in the weekend's performance at the Super Bowl. Oh Lord, yeah. yeah sure. Aren't they making a documentary about that or some shit? Why? Why? It wasn't that impressive, right? It was not impressive. That'll be a sports thing. I think it will probably be based off of pulling that off. I say pulling that off during a pandemic. I think that the pandemic is the thing. Why? The (laughs) the only, I mean, let's, let's just be real. The only thing that it could be even special about that is that it happened during the pandemic. Next. I guess. Whatever. Uh, (laughs) Moving on. Uh, Dr. Dre is in the news. His estranged wife was denied a restraining order after he calls her a greedy bitch in a song. So uh, Dr. Dre's wife got shut down by the judge in in her divorce case after claiming that she fears for her safety because he refers to her in his new track (laughs) as a greedy bitch, quote unquote. According to documents obtained by TMZ, Nicole Young requested an emergency domestic violence restraining order citing the song released last month in which Dr. Dre calls her a bitch and a perjurer. Nicole says this is nothing new, but claims with the new track, he has upped the ante and is now outright threatening me to keep my mouth shut or else. Keeping your mouth shut from what, though? 
According to the documents filed by the attorney, <laughs> Samantha Spector, Nicole feels this latest alleged threat, along with her past allegations of spousal abuse, justify an emergency restraining order. But the judge begged to differ and denied her request because of insufficient evidence. Well, here's the thing. She filed with her lawyer that he pays for. Right. That's it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> He's paying for her lawyer to file against him. <laughs> it's like, mm. what are we talking about? Like, people make references in hip hop songs all the time. I ain't saying he should have called her a bitch. Die, you know, whatever. <laughs> but that's not the grounds to get somebody in restraining order. Like, get out of here. And he's paying for your lawyer. Get out of here. Like, right. Whatever, man. She fine as shit, though. But I mean, you know, she seems crazy. Uh, you know, I was going to talk about, um, well, I guess I can talk a little bit more about it, but I was going to talk about Julian Edelman, which we had talked about earlier, uh, reaching out to Myers Leonard, but I wanted to add that, and I think I made mention of this, Michael Rappaport kind of went nuclear on Myers Leonard. Um, that's what he does. (laughs) Yeah. Michael Rappaport just went, he went on like this, uh, he just went, he went in on Myers Leonard, uh, excoriating him for using the anti-Semitic slur and making it clear he does not accept the NBA player's apology. Uh, Rappaport blasts Leonard as a dumb fuck, uh, quote-unquote, for using such a hateful word and is demanding he issue a meaningful video apology ASAP. Uh, Jewish NFL star Julian Edelman says the anti-Semitic slur uttered by Mars Leonard is the result of casual ignorance. And he's offering to educate the NBA player on Jewish history so he doesn't make the same mistake twice. Edelman says he's never met Lander before, but he's clearly caught up on the scandal surrounding the Miami Heat player who's used the anti-Semitic K-word to attack an opponent during a video game live stream this week. And I think that video can be seen on TMZ, but you can also find the Michael Rappaport on TMZ as well, which... I got to be honest, I don't really care to hear Michael Rappaport's voice. Nope. It's, it's just funny because like, we're talking about video games and youth, right? So people who are young say stupid shit all the time. I'm not excusing it. I think Edelman took the right approach. Rappaport took the wrong approach. My personal opinion, these are my views. These are not the views of sports and things. <laughs> this is just me and my views. But come on, man. Like it's already been said. Like what what else you gotta do for him? Like educate. The way you get rid of that right. stuff is you educate. Like you sit down with somebody and say, This is why you shouldn't say this. And historically this is what this was used for. Don't say it again. And then it's done. You gotta go through all that. He has right. to issue an apology to the world and I'm like, nah, man, like come on, man. Get out of here. If he if he was just playing video games and he wasn't on the heat, this wouldn't be a conversation. We wouldn't be having this conversation. So Right. Like Trey said, he gets called nigga on his his games all the time. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, Unfortunately, right. All right, we're, we're going to move on to the criminals are stupid department. Oh boy, uh, we're going to move to a story about a suspect in Missouri who's wanted for possession of a controlled substance is kind of regretting his recent food choices after farting loudly and revealing his hiding spot. <laughs> which is what Fox News reports. Uh, Did he yell out, excuse me? Is that what happened? Excuse me. If you, no, if no, you no, got no. a felony warrant, 
He was sitting. It was like toot, toot. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> what is that noise? Uh, if you've got a felony warrant for your arrest, the cops the cops are looking for you, and and you pass gas so that it gets up on your hiding spot. You've definitely you've definitely having a, a shitty day. Uh, wow. That was posted by the Clay County Sheriff's Department. Uh, further details on the case are sparse, but the fart jokes are plenty. Uh, we got to give props to the Liberty Police Department for using their senses to sniff him out. Wow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did he use the dogs? Um, thanks, That's nasty. The, <laughs> thanks to Sheriff Clay County. Thanks to at Sheriff Clay County, their Twitter, for airing out a wanted person's dirty <laughs> wow. and fanning wow. the flames. Going wow. They're having too much fun writing this. <laughs> the Liberty Police Department was surprised to see this incident slip out, which stinks <laughs> oh, <God>. the arrestee. <laughs> wow. <laughs> The city notes no one was hurt during the incident, either by the gas or by the resulting arrest. Wow. I'm John Lane, and that is the Sports and Things News. Yay, that's dope. <laughs> Bravo. Slip out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, cool. Let's move on to the next subject or the next segment of the show, which is the Artist of the Week. Uh, anybody want to take Jay's spot and do two? Anybody got two artists of the week? Oh, Jay, wow. been on for two weeks. I'll uh, do two. All right, I only got one, so go ahead, John. You got two. Okay, so uh, my first artist of the week is Peter Gabriel, um, oh, yeah. who is formerly of the group Genesis. Oh yeah, and he uh, is a f- he is also a former member of the Traveling Circus, which explains his extravagant music videos and the way that he dressed when he performed with Genesis. Uh, very, very creative individual. Uh, we all know him by his the biggest hit, uh, Sledgehammer, which won Video of the Year in the MTV Music, Video Music Awards. Um, he also had hits like uh, Strawberry Feet, uh, Strawberry Feet, uh, uh, Salisbury Hill, and Prince. Um, <laughs> no, Strawberry Fields is the Beatles. <clears throat> oh. um, he had Salisbury Hill, and he had uh, Big Time, which was uh, I think. I believe Stuart Copeland played drums on it. So, uh, yeah, Peter Gabriel. I believe that the guy that we were uh, watching on Instagram, Dennis, the Sessions, the Sessions yeah. Live guy, the guy who does all the breakdowns. Yeah, he's doing uh, one on Peter Gabriel Sledgehammer tonight. I think he's oh, doing it right man. now. It's going uh, right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm missing that right now. But um, yeah, Peter Gabriel. That's my first one. And then I'll, I'll do. So my that group that you y'all. said he was in, I heard they had a pretty good drummer. <laughs> Shut up, yo. Yeah, he's all right. Okay. Yeah, he's cool. He's, he's just okay. all right. He wrote, a, he wrote a couple of songs for Disney. <laughs> he just got out of a bad just divorce, a too. He just got out of a really bad oh, divorce. Yeah. His wife got his wife Very. got him. So bro. so all of our listeners aren't musicians. So we, oh, have, we, uh, have to clue, we have to clue them in. Phil Collins. We're talking about Phil okay, Collins. Phil Collins. Yeah, his wife got Yeah, Phil Collins bad. had the worst divorce of, of, all, of all time. I think she got like $300 million yo i remember the story was like he had to go i get, can feel it <laughs> he had to go get the authorities the authorities to get her out the house or something like that because she wouldn't leave the house no 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 that's not what it was it was um it, she, it was uh did she move her husband? she she started dating another man right and she wouldn't leave the house right so uh as a re- oh no, Phil wouldn't leave the house because Phil claimed that he owned the house, but she said, "No, it's my house now." And he says, "Well, I'm not leaving." 
And she said, fine, I'm moving my boyfriend in. So the three of them lived in the same house together. Yo, no. But they ended up moving out. You want to know why they moved out? Because Phil stopped taking showers. He didn't shower for over a year. And he said, they said the house smelled so bad. And at times he would demand that he have uh, sexual relations with him because they didn't finalize the divorce yet. So he's like, I know you're dating him, but you, sh- you, sh- you still need to sleep with me. She's like, I'm not sleeping with you because your balls stink. <laughs> well, hopefully that wasn't the only reason she was sleeping with him. <laughs> like, wait. <laughs> Secondly, he has money. He has a lot. He, okay. Listen, he took a three hundred million dollar hit, and he's still fine. He's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like he'll he'll well, see not- that money again. He's just coming off of a very, very bad uh, surgery. He um, he had back surgery and then got an infection, and it caused um, it caused his leg to almost uh, he, his leg was almost paralyzed. What? He had to stop touring. He couldn't play drums anymore. But apparently, he's back. He went on like severe uh, physical therapy, and apparently, he's back now. He's back playing drums. He's got a uh, he's got a, a podcast where he just talks about all of that. I think it's on Spotify. And if you follow him on Instagram, he's, you can see the, he posted a video of himself playing drums for the first time in like five years. I mean, I'm not mad at him, but the point is he got money. Like he pretty much. Yeah. He's rich. Money. He is. So like he's, he's not, he's not hurting anyway. So that's, that's fine. Um, so you want to go Trey or you want me to go? I'll go. Um, so my artist of the week is a jazz guitarist. Uh, was a jazz guitarist named Grant Green. Uh, oh yeah, Blue Blue nice. Note artist. Um, and mainly his 1971 album called Visions is a pretty cool one to check out. So nice. Grant Green, jazz guitar. Grant Green, it's pretty cool nice. stuff. My artist of the week will be Tom York. Uh, yeah, the record come out in 19, oh, I said 19, 2006, which falls under the category or the genre of alternative. <laughs> the song, the <laughs> album was called The Eraser. Um, and alternative is almost like we can't find a genre, so we'll just put it here. I mean, you listen to it, it's, it's, it's a dope record. And it kind of like tells a tale about why he, you know, him and the group um, Radiohead split, you know, when they split and they got back together, but. Um, he put out a couple of solo projects, uh, solo efforts, um, in that process. But I remember listening to the Eraser and being like, "Yo, this record is dope." So check out Tom York, check out Radiohead, and John, you 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 batting cleanup. Um, yeah, my second artist of the week is Piero Emiliani, who is an Italian uh, uh, songwriter and keyboardist instrumentalist. Uh, he's more famous for writing songs for advertising companies. So all of the, all of the cheesy elevator music style type music, um, that you guys remember, uh, from back in the day was most likely him. Um, he has a dope album out called Piano Fender Blues, and it's just music of, uh, piano and Fender Rhodes playing behind the rhythm section, just instrumental music that you would normally hear at like a, an old school Kmart or, when you're on hold at the dentist's office or if you're in an elevator somewhere. Um, It's really, really awesome though. Uh, He's also an incredible electronic music. Best hold music ever. 
<laughs> really, literally. Uh, he's can written. I get you a picture uh, on one second? He has a plethora of electronic oh, music as well. Um, if you look him up, he's on Spotify. Uh, he's got a ton of music on YouTube as well. Piero Emiliani. That's funny. We like uh, one moment, please. Bling bling. Uh, the doctor be with you right now. Uh, no, I don't want to. I'm gonna send you. The, Put that back I'm gonna, on. I'm gonna send you. No, 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 no. He can see someone else first. Put me back on hold. Put me back on hold. I got 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> they need to get exactly. after the Navy Federal because when I call Navy Federal, they put me on hold for 25 minutes every time. <laughs> now Damn. send the link. Yeah. So that is the artist of the week. Uh, and that is our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you guys for tuning in. This has been a nice uh, show since Jay Hill. We we miss Jay, so we were looking forward to Jay coming back. Yeah, and Jay his, gotta come back, man. Yeah, giving his um, melancholy uh, energy. <laughs> <laughs> Jay always be ready. To, like at this point, Jay be like, "Come on, man, we gotta wrap this up. We gotta wrap this up, man. I gotta." No, exactly. <laughs> well, Trey just we need that. Jay Hill from the Jay Dilla. Uh, um, yeah. that was that was yeah. Jay Hill on steroids. Ca- we need to campaign for that yeah. Jay Hill to always be on the show. Jay, <laughs> Jay was Hill like, was so hyped. He was hyping. He, he was, was hyping himself. Hyped, he was answering. I've never seen him that active uh, like that before. Like Jay, what you think about when that you sing funny. backgrounds? I sing backgrounds dope. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> like he was, he, he was like, it, so yeah. Shout out to Jay Hill. Um, and shout out to Unhand Sports Network that um, that has our show on every Saturday at noon. You can also catch us anywhere you can find podcasts. Um, shout out to uh, Fanatics.com and Fubo TV. Um, they are partners with us as well. And, you know, and shout out to uh, Micah Robinson, the Cowboys suck. Oh, damn. We almost got through it, too. Dude, come on, damn. man. Cowboys suck. We're going listen. Mike is coming back next week. I'm gonna I'm call him. We're gonna bring Mike back next week because I'm gonna I'm gonna play him just this last bit. Okay, of this perfect. Show, and then I'm gonna have him come on and like try to fry your ass. <laughs> 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 he's, he's gonna like, fry me by saying, "Yeah, you're right. They do." He's like, he's like, "That's my quarterback. That's my quarterback." <laughs> All right. So on on That's behalf hilarious. of the Sports and Things cast, um, myself. John Lane, Trey Ely, and Jay Hill, who is absent today and will be back next week. Uh, this has been real. Make sure that you stay safe. Maryland, like, I don't know if you guys heard, but Governor Hogan is lifting restrictions. And don't Maryland. listen to him. Governor Hogan is tripping. Yeah, do yeah, not listen to this listen nigga. To like, him, he's, tra- he's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he said, do not listen to this nigga. <laughs> no matter what he tells you, stay home. Do not yeah, go please, into any restaurant that has over 50 people in that joint. He's no. You know what I think happened? I think they He's got the Census Bureau us. back, and they were like, "We got too many people in Maryland." He was like, "Oh, I know what I can do. <laughs> Lift these restrictions. Get these things up out of here." <laughs> Damn. Damn. So, on behalf of Governor Hogan and the whole Maryland state, uh, make sure you stay safe. Wear your mask. Do not go where he says you can go. <laughs> Kiss your family. Make sure you tell them you love them. And we'll, well catch you guys. If you go out, don't kiss. Don't come back and kiss your family. If you go out, make sure you come in <laughs> and you go in your basement and you quarantine Wash your for 14 hands. days. Yeah, don't kiss your family. I don't care if you got the, don't shot, kill the them first too. shot or not. Do not listen to Hogan. He's trying to kill all humanity at this point. Like, Because really ain't none of y'all had the second shot. Some of y'all had the first shot, but ain't none of y'all had the second Nobody shot. So don't go out there and crazy. I'm going in two weeks. 
Yeah, me too. Don't do, do not do it. Do not. And then it's it. two weeks after you had the second shot that you really uh, they consider you immune. Yeah. So right, y'all so you ain't got about another. You got till May. Chill y'all till not May. immune. Chill out till you. Chill out till May June, and then you know don't listen to the hype, man. It, I think they. They're just moving too fast. He's moving too fast. He, I think they're trying to get ready for baseball season somehow. They they mentioned the Orioles uh, stadium, and I was like, "This like this yeah. never been filled." So it's like it's gonna make a difference. Yeah. It's never been filled. Like, all right. Anyway, uh, it's a nice ballpark real. though. Right. It's, it's been real. Um, we'll check you guys next week. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure that you check us out on Saturdays, or check us out whenever you listen to podcast. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, Saturday. Love. Check us out. Peace. <laughs> Ain't right. no nigga the state of Maryland. <laughs>